Okay, and we're live with Georgi Dinkov and Raymond Pete, and I, we were just catching up with Ray about Mexico and things. But you know, last time we talked, Ray, I don't think the CDC had come out and said that masks were basically useless. I don't think they had come out and said that the PCR test was useless. And then this whole Russia-Ukraine thing—is there any way to synthesize this into something that makes sense, like from your point of view? Uh, oh, uh, there are. So many undeniable things now that uh, the CDC just has to uh, recognize some of them uh, just to not seem totally crazy and crooked, but still uh, they're basically crazy and crooked. And, and the, the government policy on, uh, on Ukraine is some... some weird combination of very crazy and very stupid uh, because they're alienating so much of the world which uh, can perceive what what is going on with Russia being the peacemaker and uh, U.S. being just uh, aggressive to an insane degree. Is that just a complete diversion? Like, there, it can't be a coincidence that they they ended kind of the COVID trod stuff and then that started up immediately. Uh, yeah, I think it's connected. But like as a diversion to like, I mean, is there a purpose to it or is it a complete phony story? Like I, I had been reading that people in Russia or maybe it was the Ukraine were like completely unworried by the whole situation. It was just people in America that were getting all riled up. Uh, yeah, even the president of Ukraine uh, in the phone conversation with Biden told him to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't tell a person with dementia to calm down. They're <laughs> agitated all the time. <laughs> okay. And then, and then the ending of the masks, like the ending of the gaslighting of the people that have been saying this for two years. Well, uh, do you think that's to give way for future? Like we, we talked last time about Marburg or something else. Like it's actually scary that they're ending this stuff because that means something worse uh, this way comes maybe. Uh, yeah, the, the, I think they're hoping to uh, create enough fear and, and excitement around the, the Ukraine, uh, the, the uh, provoking Russia into uh, occupying the eastern part of the country, for example, so they have uh, something uh, more permanent to uh, focus on. But so what do you uh, the president of Croatia and the governments of of Germany and and France are are questioning the uh, the rightness of uh, of the NATO policies the Croatia says they won't join in if the US goes to war does this fit in with the Great Reset stuff, or is this just an anomaly? Like, what? I, I just don't understand how this fits into any kind of greater picture, other than it just being a diversion. I, I, I think just being a, a crazed people stirring up uh, excitement, uh, recognizing that uh, war presidents uh, always are uh, powerful, that the people get in line behind a war president. Interesting. And do, do you think he'll be like reelected or something because of this? Is that just like a better, <laughs> makes his image better or something? Uh, 
I, I would suppose that's what he has in mind. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And then what What do you make of Putin being a part of that W, the World Economic Forum uh, program for students that Klaus had? It, like, d- does that worry you at all about Putin's, like, ability to be a good leader? I, I, no, I don't know about that program. I should have grabbed the name of it. Okay, what, move on. Have you seen some of the, well, they, they, they may be fake news, but uh, the Western media has made a big deal out of how um, Russia is also making the vaccine mandatory for for many of its citizens. Do you think there is any, any truth to that, or is just uh, trying to present Putin as, as being a good boy and, and part of the team? Oh, I, I hadn't heard anything about the mandatory. I, I had heard only 30% or so were were vaccinated there uh, and that there wasn't a big push to go farther. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a big push. It's just, just the way Eastern Europe operates. Um, uh, basically, uh, nobody trusts the government. Me being originally from Bulgaria, uh, the vaccination rate there is even lower than 30%. But um, uh, uh, several of the governors of Putin's, of the Russian, of the republics that make up the Russian Federation, um, have made uh, the the vaccine certificate mandatory for for quote unquote participating in public life. Unfortunately, there's you know the only thing that we know of what is actually going on in Russia is through Western media, and I cannot ascertain whether that's really true or not. The Russian people that I know in Russia are saying, yeah, there may there may exist something on the books, but nobody's really enforcing it. Um, so that, that would be my uh, suspicion uh, that. Everything I've read or heard Putin saying uh, seems like he's a perfectly conscious person. Uh, just to finish that thought, it was the hidden alliance of former WF young global leaders working in lockstep to enforce the Great, C- great Reset. Macron, Trudeau, Arden, Boris Johnson. Uh, does that ring any bells, Rick? And, and where is the organization? It's like a run by Klaus, and, and he's like uh, had a, a bunch of people like study under him, and then they go off to be, uh, I don't know, do their thing over their countries. What It doesn't matter. We can move on. <laughs> um, I, 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 I would assume a lot of them are going to be arrested then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on a little bit. Can you, do, do you think this thing that's going on in Canada with the 50,000 trucks uh, going to Ottawa um, it, it has uh, maybe a, like a non-insignificant chance of, of toppling the government and maybe like, um, I don't know, um, having some um, uh, some of these people brought to justice, at least in Canada. I, I saw Trudeau's nasty little video bit on people with impermissible beliefs. <laughs> Something has to be done about that. Right. Something has to be done and he's self-quarantining despite being fully vaccinated because he doesn't want to meet the 50,000 truckers. <laughs> uh, Ray, it's a very popular word, but like uh, mass formation psychosis, do you want to comment on that? Do you have a, any specific view like that? That's like really penetrated the consciousness of the internet recently since it was on a popular podcast. Did you hear about that? And do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's mostly just a phrase that, that catches attention. Uh, the, the culture is a mass psychosis already. Nothing dramatic has changed. It's, it's a chronic manipulation of the mass psychosis. 
I feel like that term doesn't include the trauma, like the tra traumatic part about it. Like you only get to that point after being traumatized so many times. Uh, yeah, but our society specializes in <laughs> trauma and traps. <laughs> and then how? So, it, oh, yeah, what do you think would be the, the, the I mean, uh, if this continues for, for much longer, uh, I would say a, a majority of the population will get to a point where they're basically certifiable. Um, and even if the Great Reset comes to fruition, uh, even that will become hard to sell on those people. They just, they basically, they will lose their grip on reality. And even if you present finally the solution that, that, that they've been waiting for, um, uh, there's a good chance that they may not go for it, simply because they're completely insane at that point. I, I, yeah, that's a matter of degree. I, I've considered the public to be... Uh, very high percentage of complete insanity now for six years, 70 years, 80 years. So, so do, do you think there's a, there's a, a critical percentage of the public that while manipulated has to obtain some sanity in order for any sort of a social organization to exist? Or do you think the elite is perfectly fine with 99.9% .9 complete berserk lunatics running around, even if that means, you know, basically they have to roll out the big guns? Uh, yeah, they've got their people like Noam Chomsky uh, saying that uh, the unvaccinated have to separate themselves and uh, getting getting food is going to be their problem. Well, I'm not worried about them. They will be able to get the food. What about the, the, the people living in the big cities, let's say in the States or in Canada? Who's going to feed them? I mean, they, they depend entirely on supplies from the countryside. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would be advantageous if a higher percentage of the people thought like individual intelligent animals. There's a sort of lemming consciousness that has been, it was really developed powerfully after the First World War. It started in with the government uh, propaganda ministry, uh, and th that faded out for a while, but was uh, restored after the Second World War, uh, and, and really became a, a powerful shaper of society. Do you think some of those supply chains and the shortage that we're seeing, there was uh, a lot of that was actually unforeseen by the elite? They didn't actually plan for that because... You know, if 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 the city population starts starts to starve, then all bets are off, including the elite. You know, they they, they may very easily get on the chopping block if significant amount of the let's say population of New York City revolts and starts literally eating each other. Uh, Eric Schmidt's uh, uh, speeches and uh, committee work for the Pentagon and such uh, indicated as early as early. 2019, that uh, their intention, uh, primary intention, was to wreck the economy. Uh, that uh, you can't make a, a new digital alternative reality until you've created desperation and wrecked the uh, old economy thoroughly. Right, but for as long as humans are, are organic, they depend on food. Um, including the elite and including actually having a great reset, all of that, 
is 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 based on a reality that's still based on food and and analog perception. So if they wreck the food supply to the big cities, um, then all bets truly are off. Uh, basically, why would people go for any reset, great or minor or whatnot, if they have nothing to eat? I, I think it's uh, to be uh, graded carefully enough uh, that they can uh, uh, make people weaker and sicker uh, without uh, outright starvation of, of masses of them. Like uh, the evidence coming out that 5% of the vaccines uh, uh, hurting their lot number were coded uh, to be uh, either lethal or non-lethal. Uh, and according to the lot numbers, uh, you can see a very uh, concentrated mortality uh, from those of the 5% uh, early in each lot sequence. Uh, and so they, they weren't intending to uh, cause massive sickness and die off, but only a 5% per a period of time. I think I read somebody, uh, maybe it was, was it Michael Yidon that said that uh, those were concentrated towards red states? Do you think, is that true, do you think? Uh, that, that would probably be the preference of a lot of the people uh, controlling the, the distribution. But I, I think they have to make it look even-handed to some extent to have, have some uh, blue state deaths just make it look fair. Well, do you think they anticipated so many people dying from the anaphylactic shock or whatever from the, like maybe they thought the spike protein would eventually accelerate some age related uh, problem a person had, but maybe they couldn't have anticipated that the adjuvant was so harmful or do you think they knew it was that bad? Um, that was probably a consideration, but, uh, I think some of the people are in a, a bigger hurry than others. And then I'm uh, glad have we're on. Oh, have, oh, you, have you read about Dr. Bakhti's uh, uh, pathology studies uh, in which 93% of the, the, the deaths that were autopsied uh, uh, following the vaccine uh, were caused by the vaccine, uh, the typical uh, clotting uh, uh, inflammatory Evans. Not extensively, but I've seen his name around many places. I think in some countries they actually banned doing autopsies specifically on the vaccinated in order to prevent the uh, these these discoveries. They just write it off. They sign a death certificate and they they ship the body off, but they don't do auto autopsies. At least in in Europe, I think in in most of the countries that's the rule. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the policy of don't treat the sickness other than by vaccines or uh, oxygen uh, and don't do autopsies. Uh, it's uh, highly organized for the, uh, uh, don't publicize the actual cause any more than necessary. Do you know how prevalent uh, carbogen, the actual product, is in hospitals? Is it fairly exotic? So in other words, it has to be ordered? Yeah, yeah, still very rare in hospitals. Uh, I, I've had people check around, and uh, I, I think there were only two or three hospitals that had it on, uh, on hand 
out of thousands of hospitals. Is there anything, are you aware of anything in the medical curriculum that even discusses potentially mixing carbon dioxide with oxygen in order to improve its uptake? Uh, uh, no, I, I think it's all uh, the uh, phony uh, way of calculating uh, uh, pH and uh, bicarbonate uh, base excess and so on, uh, rather than focusing on uh, carbon dioxide and the availability of oxygen. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is I asked several friends, well, I, could, I guess we're no longer friends, but uh, <laughs> people that I used to associate with their doctors, uh, and I asked them, like, well, you know, do you know that if you actually provides a little bit of carbon dioxide, you'll increase the the, the, the the tissue oxygenation because that's the signal. The carbon dioxide levels are the signal where the oxygen needs to get released. And they just gave me a blank stare and said, there is no foreseeable medical uh, condition under which we would ever administer carbon dioxide <laughs> to a patient. If anything, we will do everything possible to decrease the carbon dioxide in the body, not increase it. Uh, yeah, that's following the uh, UK committee 1955 that uh, just declared that it was irrational to uh, con be concerned with keeping some CO2 in the blood. Uh, absolutely no uh, evidence in their support, but it for some reason sounds right to them. So things like the Bohr effect, even though they're studied in medical school, I guess they're just, uh, you know, mentioned as an exotic idiosyncrasy, uh, not something that's clinically relevant. Uh, uh, yeah, but they, the the way they teach uh, acid base regulation, uh, it becomes so hard to uh, conceive and calculate that uh, doctors seem to be boggled by the effort, and uh, so they uh, get things exactly backwards. I looked at some of the, um, the uh, some of the studies that were published on people that ended up in the hospital with with uh, COVID nineteen and and, and vaccinated vaccinated or not doesn't matter but every single one of them had uh, something uh, a high something called the high anion gap in other words they were basically in a in a various stages of lactic acidosis um, isn't that something that's basically so basic and so obvious that needs to be treated. Uh, yet, uh, I haven't heard any study or even doctor discuss the fact that you know most of these people are dying basically from from metabolic um, acidosis, namely low carbon dioxide and high lactic acid. Uh, uh, yeah, there are two or three studies that show you can turn off lactic acidosis just by giving some carbon dioxide. It just goes right to the source and turns off lactate production. Ray, can you comment uh, more on the starvation, the third world country thing? I, I feel like that's uh, people are generally incredulous to thinking that's a possibility. And so with the store shelves actually going bare now, maybe it struck some people. But and then also on top of that, like possible like like weaponized mess immigration and things like that, like uh, maybe maybe people will take it more seriously from you. But like in the next few years are not going to be a walk in the park. So can you maybe just. Maybe uh, I don't know. Explain what you think might happen. Uh, the the um, Indian experiment in digital currency uh, starved 
basically everyone that didn't have a bank account when they outlawed currency. And that, I think, was sort of a a trial of how to do it and do it under more control. That gradually they'll tighten up the availability of real currency, get people more dependent on their banks, and then gradually squeeze the money supply to the point that the poorest people uh, die at the highest rate. So they'll, they'll create this problem of the starvation and things. And you think that uh, is obviously a lot of this is leading to the digital identification and the C, the C, the central bank digital currencies and things like that. And then that it, is, yeah, oh, go ahead. It, it, it has been created uh, deliberately going back to the green revolution. Hmm. Uh, that whole thing was, uh, was a fraud intended to centralize uh, the control of food, uh, giving Monsanto and and the fertilizer companies uh, absolute control over food production in the world, uh, not not to increase the food supply for the world in general, but to uh, make it cheaper for the industrialized countries uh, and uh, out of reach of more and more of the farmers who are producing it. I find it quite ironic that Monsanto and uh, and Bayer and other large chemical companies that the green movement used to be their arch uh, arch nemesis, uh, (laughs) and they were protesting against them and even bombing them in the 70s and the 80s and the 60s. Now they're actually on the same team because um, they're part of this agenda that you know of of sustainable development. And for some reason, it, it's 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 lost. The irony is lost on the people that are protesting that their arch enemies are being put in charge of creating their food for the foreseeable future. Uh, yeah. Ray, were you able to identify precisely when the CIA, et cetera, like started to use kind of the progressive liberal stuff to their advantage? Like, uh, I know there's a clip of Gloria Steinem. And she says she met with the CIA and she was expecting them to be a bunch of right wingers. And she was shocked that they were very much. Well, I know these words make basically no sense these days, but they were more liberal. And so was there some conscious decision to shift towards that, do you think? Uh, oh, oh, definitely. The, um, the, the Congress for Cultural Freedom uh, uh, supported uh, the, the right wing socialists throughout the uh, European and other cultures, uh, and uh, uh, the uh, students for a democratic society, and uh, uh, the uh, new new left, so-called, uh, those were all CIA progressive movements. And you think maybe uh, fifty years in the future, if any of us are still alive, we'll we'll find out about uh, MK woke or something, <laughs> something similar. <laughs> Find out what? Uh, MK, MK Ultra or MK Woke or something like that about some project that they were funding all these bizarre weirdo people to influence the culture. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize the, 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 the MK Woke. I was, I was making a bad joke about like MK Ultra, like a project name or uh, something like that. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> 
I don't. I don't think there's. There needs to be coordinated. All they have to do is, is pump them full of SSRIs and unleash them on society, and they'll take care of the rest. Great stuff. Okay, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. There's a novelist uh, lawyer. I, I think he's probably still alive, uh, named Cummings, uh, who wrote about the uh, progressive politics uh, of the CIA uh, and. Uh, how they probably even were responsible uh, for keeping uh, Mandela from from being shot fairly early, yeah. uh, because that would have uh, turned uh, the the people who could claim to be progressive would have uh, forced them to come out against apartheid. Uh, so they were uh, manipulating the progressive world uh, by by not letting Mandela get killed. Yeah, Mandela gave an interview in the early 2000s. Uh, somebody from the audience challenged him, said, like, you're a CIA asset. And he said, in order to survive in the apartheid prisons <laughs> in the 1950s in South Africa, you had to be CIA or, or, or you know, you had, to, you had to play both teams. Otherwise, you, you, st you stood no chance. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. And please interrupt me if there's more to say. Uh, I just had some random questions here. And then we can get on to the questions from people that watch the show. Um, but Ray, you know, I think something you bring to the table is that you bring this kind of artistic aspect to science. And I feel like what we're living through is the ultimate expression of science without any art to it. Well, like in your estimation, how important is that if, uh, like, a, an abutting scientist or something, like how did you merge two worlds together of art and science and something that you represent that's sorely lacking these days? If you try to investigate the, nature of the epistemology behind or supporting science, uh, uh, you run into absolute junk, uh, uh, the most trivial sort of arguments and beliefs are behind uh, the reductionist type of, of uh, so-called science. Uh, if, if you uh, try to follow up the cultural uh, influences uh, between, uh, for, for example, the acceptable uh, kind of science that's taught in medical schools and uh, is in medical journals and supported by the government and uh, industry. Uh, it is um, just essentially uh, flaky kinds of, of uh, uh, gossipy uh, arguments uh, absolutely no attempt to to have a sound uh, basis of of knowledge uh, and, and uh, so uh, anyone with contact re with reality uh, that's uh, called an artistic orientation if you examine your experience and the causes of your experience uh, you're, you're doing uh, the fundamentals that should be behind science, uh, but it's considered uh, a subjective, subjective and uh, artistic rather than uh, the foundation for any kind of a true uh, objective science. And, w and when you look through J.C. Bose or Albert St. Georgie or Hans Selye or uh, Otto Warburg or... Um 
uh, all those people that you know that maybe that you aggregate and you express in your own work do you do you find like a through line of artistic expression in their work as well uh, uh, yeah uh, and humor mm-hmm. is something that uh, uh, is lacking in ordinary science uh, uh, they can't afford the amount of truth that's needed to experience humor. I think Albert St. George, he said he wasn't shocked that people, uh, he, he wasn't, he wasn't shocked. <laughs> just moment, I totally butcher this. He was shocked that people were like alive at all, given how harmful the environment was. Uh, no, he, was, he wasn't surprised that they were sick. They, he was surprised that they were alive at all, given how bad the situation was. But yeah, you could clearly see that in his writing that he's like a Renaissance man. He has a lot of different, interest in things like that and that is just not the that's not I, I hate to pick on him but somebody like trevor marshall isn't wasn't he like a computer analyst or something like that he like kind of expressed the opposite. an electrician yeah electrical engineer <laughs> so uh, the, oh, go ahead. The, the most practical but the least intellectual of the engineering specialties and then when, and not to beat the dead horse here, but when you're reading their work, can you sense those things relatively quickly of how somebody is presenting something, uh, whether they're an artist or kind of an analytical type? Uh, uh, yeah, that's what uh, spending a few years studying literature and linguistics uh, does. You can uh, detect hot air after the first two or three sentences. <laughs> I, th- I think assert- assertiveness is a very dead giveaway when they're telling you something that's 100% truth and, and there's no uh, even uh, like a, there's not there's not even a tiny room for you allowed to question it. Yeah. Yeah. Level uh, of. Go, go do, do you think the, the sign of pathology would be the excessive abstractness or, or mathematization of a particular field? In other words, uh, they're saying here is the golden rule and nobody can change it. And that's the way it is. Yeah, uh, exactly the kind of mathematization that involves digitalizing everything, uh, making things computable. Uh, That was uh, one of the uh, uh, deepest uh, uh, hidden uh, principles of of the uh, deep state uh, was to support uh, the digitalized uh, reality uh, behind uh, science and math, uh, no no analogs of reality because those are interpretations uh, and uh, allow participation. But uh, the, the most authoritarian kind of reasoning comes from uh, the computable, uh, absolutely digitalized, purified uh, kind of uh, symbolic. Uh, manipulation uh, symbols uh, ultimately uh, w- without meaning because the meaning is always uh, tending towards fullism uh, and uh, co- combining categories. Uh, uh, Bertrand Russell, I think, was the first person to uh, v- verbalize uh, that distinction, and uh, he essentially decided to stop doing philosophy when he saw that uh, uh, to a common sense person uh, uh, Leibniz uh, was uh, uh, had the right approach uh, uh, a holistic uh, uh, approach to everything uh, that uh, like like uh, the philosopher said I am 
I and my circumstance. Uh, uh, every time your circumstance changes, your identity changes. Mm-hmm. And computability starts out by uh, saying, uh, no, we need a language free of context, uh, absolutely contained within the symbols. Uh, 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 and it turns out that you've, at that point, exactly lost all possibility of knowledge. So what do you think somebody like Chomsky or von Neumann would say to the already uh, proven, uh, even mathematically, that reality is non-computable? Um, how would they How would they continue to defend their argument and push forward, given that it cannot be computed? He would say, your mentality is so inferior, you don't belong at MIT. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was Kurt Gödel who proved that, or like Einstein who proved that, they they would have no call say, saying this to Gödel or Einstein. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, when I ran into uh, Chomsky, I was a linguistics major uh, in the late 50s, uh, and I, I saw what he was doing as probably the most evil man in the world at that time uh, because of uh, the thoroughness with uh, which he uh, said that uh, a language is a matter of of uh, abstract categories that are uh, born into us, into our genes, uh, uh, just like Conrad Lorenz uh, said. Uh, it's right there in your genes and uh, can't be changed. So Chomsky and, and Dawkins will make great conversation partners, is <laughs> what I'm guessing. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if Dawkins ever went to such extremes. Were you, do you, were, were you in the same like room as him? Did you hang out with him or are you just talking about introduced to his work? Uh, uh, no, no, I was in uh, uh, Ohio State uh, linguistics uh, program, and uh, uh, a professor there said, with, with your odd ideas, why don't you go study with Chomsky? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this will be an interesting segue, but uh, I, ever since we talked about it last time, people have been saying, have Ray talk more about synchronicity. And so do, does William James's radical empiricism and the idea that things are never static and they're always changing, does that have anything to do with synchronicity? Uh, uh, undoubtedly, because it's the way things are. Uh, uh, and uh, you can't recognize synchronicity if you aren't open uh, to reality. But does that, uh, is there some level of predetermination in that? Like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. The, the universe was guiding me here to have this conversation with you guys right now. Like, how, how does, because that's more of a religious idea, right? That things are all predetermined. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think there are uh, probably uh, things like the, uh, uh, the formative uh, principles, uh, the uh, morphogenic fields and so on uh, that incline uh, uh, people to put themselves in certain situations in which uh, coincidences become uh, uh, more likely and are more likely to be recognized as as productive uh, uh, discoveries. 
I've noticed that routine is a great way to destroy synchronicity or at least greatly decrease it as an experience in everyday life. Conversely, being spontaneous and, and doing things um, on the fly, so to speak, um, tends to increase such events, at least for me. Um, so I think it has it has something to do with the way the person's individual consciousness resonates um, with the rest of the environment. And when you're under artificial artificially set rules that, that make you behave in a certain way, you can't resonate with the universe, or at least you don't experience it. And and that that impedes the learning process. Does does it sound about right? It's actually right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then last, uh, kind of more random question, but um, and I know you've talked about this multiple times, but maybe just to cement it here, uh, incandescent red light or a kind of a multi wavelength light versus a single wavelength. And I'm bringing this up because people sell those single wavelength devices for such an extraordinary amount of money. And if they could get an incandescent light, which would be superior, that might be a that maybe a good thing to bring up. And and then and then maybe you mentioned that the single wavelength might actually be harmful in some way. So can can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the systems are uh, if you analyze the physics of what electronic and uh, optical resonance consists of uh, uh, it instantly goes beyond physics uh, uh, because physics uh, doesn't want to deal with the mechanisms uh, uh, what the fine scale of resonance is and uh, the uh, uh, the specific frequencies uh, are uh, something that just never existed in nature, uh, and uh, so the uh, the whole system is experiencing something new when you uh, hit an absorptive molecule uh, with a single frequency that, that causes it to resonate. The, the fine structure of the resonance is always going to be uh, something. Uh, uh, unnatural and unique, uh, and it just the difference just hasn't been studied enough to uh, be sure that it's even safe. Uh, uh, that the there isn't enough skepticism about what uh, pure red lights are doing, but uh, uh, there is data showing that it can make cancer grow, uh, where the the incandescent or sunlight. Uh, type of, of uh, absorption and resonance. Uh, uh, no one has ever seen uh, those effects from from a full spectrum. Okay, and let's do a short advertisement here. Okay, you, the newsletter, your newsletter, Ray, is available uh, by email now. It's thirty dollars for twelve issues. Uh, I'm gonna mess this up again. Over three years, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. And then uh, they can email the same. Uh, email newsletter at gmail.com to obtain your books. And so you still have physical copies of some of these, right? Uh, right. Yeah, somebody was mentioning they purchased one of your books on Amazon for $100. $100. And so I, I didn't know if that was... <laughs> they, they probably could have got it cheaper. Yeah, I've, I've heard worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. Um, and then do you have any idea what stock is on hand? Like what, which ones are printed? I've... 
the one that we ran out of first was uh, generative energy, and the one we have most of uh, is uh, uh, mind and tissue. Uh, and uh, I, I think there are still copies of uh, uh, the female hormones uh, and, and uh, uh, progesterone in orthomolecular medicine. Uh, our chat is really out of control today. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh, Progesty from Kenogen, you can email Catherine to purchase that at kenogen at gmail.com. And each bottle contains 3,400 milligrams uh, of progesterone. And, you know, right, people, uh, a common topic on this show is liver problems, whether non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, uh, et cetera, you know, uh, and I, I know you're not shocked that a lot of people experience poor liver function. What, how is progesterone helpful specifically for the liver? Uh, by uh, optimizing uh, the degree of excitation of, of cells, uh, uh, the, the uh, same transmitters that cause uh, brain damage, uh, excitotoxic uh, glutamate, for example, uh, will cause uh, uh, excitatory uh, damage to any, any other cells, such as the liver. Uh, and uh, estrogen and PUFA and uh, the, the glutamic acid range of excitants, uh, those, those are all defended against by progesterone. Uh, and progesterone uh, favors uh, thyroid uh, uh, hormone production. Uh, and so the energy increase uh, uh, adds to the stabilizing effect. Uh, uh, thyroid deficient people uh, have all kinds of, of liver malfunctions, including gallbladder disease. Uh, and uh, that goes with elevated excitability of the uh, the duct and, and the gallbladder itself, uh, and progesterone relaxes uh, those spastic uh, reactions uh, to low thyroid and high estrogen. And then well, I have a paper, I think it's calling uh, like low thyroid could be a pseudo liver disease, basically. And, and so what the liver obviously needs lots of energy to perform all its functions is that the is that the basic pathology of that? Like the hepatocytes cannot function properly with, without thyroid? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the liver's energy is, uh, a large part of it is uh, used to regulate uh, uh, both environmental toxins uh, and the, uh, to balance the hormones. Uh, and so when your thyroid is low, if you're exposed to uh, pesticides uh, or, or uh, high high estrogen, for example, uh, your your liver doesn't have the ability to uh, inactivate and excrete uh, those toxins, and so they accumulate. Uh, and so, if you are fasting and failing to energize your liver, uh, you accumulate those harmful substances uh, that uh, tend to uh, be stored in the fat or are constantly being produced by stressed tissues such as estrogen. So fasting, like low thyroid function, leads to general systemic 
uh, poisoning experiences from uh, the environment uh, and intrinsic uh, estrogen and uh, 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 hormones get out of balance. Thank you for that. And um, I feel like I had one other question about oat bran. People are asking me, how do you make it? Do you have any special process for making oat bran? I know that's a complete non sequitur. <laughs> uh, for, for, for making what? Oat bran. Is there anything a person has to do oh. specifically for it? Uh, uh, no. Uh, I, 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 I think whatever tastes best to you is, is good. Uh, I, I like to add a little bit of masa to it. Uh, uh, it gives it a rounder flavor, sort of like tamales. Amazing. Okay. Well, uh, Georgie, interrupt me at any point. We'll get into the questions here. Uh, okay. Uh, could you ask him about dietetics as a form of political control? He has spoken about this previously, but I would love to hear his, uh, to hear resources recommended. Is there any books he recommends on the topic? Uh, on dietetics? Yeah, like people eat beans and rice for a reason. Uh, I think you maybe that was from Nutrition and uh, for Women a long time ago. Uh, 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 yeah, the Diet for a Small Planet uh, was popularizing that, making it a, a political issue that you should uh, 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 economize by making uh, the foods overlap and so on. Uh, it's a, a possible diet, but it they neglect the toxic aspects of uh, uh, focusing only only on the exact nutrient content of food. Uh, you have to look at the, uh, uh, the the social aspects of it, and especially the the toxic components of a high, high vegetable diet. And maybe I can't remember, maybe in like Plato's book, oh, what was it called? The Didn't he talk about like slaves eating bread and crackers and stuff like that? That food as a form of political con control goes back really far, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the Spanish uh, enslaving the uh, uh, Mexican Indians and, and South American uh, Indians uh, put, put them on a minimal diet uh, of... Uh, uh, basically beans and, and tortillas uh, and uh, uh, saved money that way uh, and weakened them uh, and uh, uh, pre prevented rebellion because they were uh, too weak and, and depressed to uh, defend themselves. And then, Wasn't that also like a, one of the major techniques of the missionaries, the Christian missionaries that went into these um, indigenous tribes and they convinced them that, you know, together with the religion, they, they're sinners, they need to repent. That's why they need to eat these crappy foods. And that way they were weakening the local population and, and uh, making them much, much more easy to uh, um, to, to take over, to, to subjugate. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they were the political wings of the Spanish Empire. And then just to wrap this up, didn't Henry Kissinger called a food uh, uh, instrument of um, uh, national power or something in his famous Kissinger report? Like they've they've known that they could use food to control people for a, a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, next question here. Thank you for that, Georgie. Thank you, Ray. Um, does the act of lying and dishonesty have anti-metabolic effects? Does true physiological coherence require radical honesty? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the uh, 
uh, awareness of what you're doing, uh, the 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 culture doesn't encourage that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, the, the the person with excess energy is going to maintain a, a high degree of healthy animal coherence, uh, and that uh, includes a, a big control of what uh, what take in mentally and physically. Uh, they will be opinionated by their needs and preferences uh, rather than by uh, learned principles. Thank you for that. Sorry, I'm like dealing with the chat at the same time I've had this conversation. It's really obnoxious. Okay, uh, Deborah says, please discuss intuition. Or maybe how it relates to the metabolism. Would a person have better intuition if, they're, if, uh, if they had a higher rate of metabolism? I've, yeah, probably. Uh, a, a hypothyroid tired person uh, has a very limited repertoire of thought processes. Uh, and uh, when your energy is high, you will cycle through different states deep sleep, deep relaxation. Uh, and uh, high-intensity uh, conscious activity. Uh, and the, those cyclings will uh, take you through a, a variety of uh, attitudes and experiences, and going from one to the, the next uh, gives you a, a, a broader perspective. Uh, and out of that bread, uh, you can put together uh, things that would never occur to someone who is uh, staying on a, a, a level, uh, energy level. Wouldn't intuition be just a, just a way of measuring open-mindedness, which is a surrogate itself for met, for met metabolism? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, open-mindedness in the sense of of uh, a certain amount of uh, going out of yourself, curiosity, uh, looking for things to perceive. Uh, uh, a, a sort of desire to perceive uh, uh, leads to uh, novel perceptions and novel intuitions. And maybe what we talked about a long time ago, you have like uh, your like um, cultural consciousness and then the animal consciousness. Is the intuition more part of the animal consciousness? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, can he talk about abiotic oil? Oh, uh, yeah, um, uh, the um, uh, Mendeleev uh, uh, was the first one to notice it, I think, uh, uh, and he d dissolved uh, iron in, uh, I think it was sulfuric acid, and noticed a film, an oily film appeared uh, on the surface, uh, and it smelled like petroleum. Uh, and he gave samples to uh, people uh, who were experienced with uh, actual petroleum uh, chemistry, uh, and uh, they uh, identified it as uh, re resembling particular uh, uh, natural 
uh, exudations of, of petroleum from the earth. Uh, and uh, so the idea that uh, iron is a, a, a rich, it, it dissolves uh, carbon at a high level, uh, and uh, when it decomposes in acid, uh, it spontaneously synthesizes that carbon into uh, petroleum-like molecules. Uh, that was around uh, the 1850s that he noticed that. Uh, and uh, it was a long time before uh, anyone else uh, started following up on it. I'm pretty ignorant to this. This is the idea that like the earth is creating oil, right? And then the kind of pow- powers that be say it's it's running out or or, some, or something like that. Uh, yeah, the uh, I I think the geologist consensus is still that the uh, center of the earth has a very high concentration of of a, a fairly heavy metal like like iron. Uh, and uh, the capacity of that uh, iron to dissolve carbon uh, uh, amounts to uh, uh, vast amounts of potential petroleum. Uh, uh, and uh, so you would expect it to constantly, uh, as the iron uh, it reaches uh, new conditions, uh, uh, volcanic acid action pushing it uh, uh, in the chemical reactions, uh, then you would expect that vast amount of iron to be releasing uh, um, more or less steadily a huge supply of petroleum-like molecules, according to what Mendeleev observed. Did you see the news that they found these, these oceans of oil and liquid methane on one of the Saturn moons? I think it was Enceladus, or one of the. It was it was one of the one of the planets orbiting uh, Saturn as a satellite, and basically, um, even the article in the popular press, it was I think it was like NewScientist.com or whatever the name the website is. It said, "Hmm, that kind of throws a wrench in the whole into the whole theory of dead dinosaurs being the source of oil, because either dead dinosaurs were roaming Enceladus, or the Russians were right about the abiotic oil theory." Uh, yeah, I ran into the Russian uh, research uh, following up uh, decades after uh, Mendeleev uh, had made his observation, uh, and they were uh, do, doing calculations showing that, uh, that the uh, fossil fuel uh, idea of petroleum really has no basis in science uh, and that it's extremely probable uh, that it's a natural geological consequence of this gigantic mass of iron or other heavy metals. Do you suspect the political nefarious motive here in pushing that theory about uh, the um, fossil fuel origins or, or was it just stupidity? And, uh, yeah, a fostered stupidity. Uh, <laughs> the oil companies uh, went to uh, uh, maximize uh, everything they can squeeze out of the public uh, in the process of selling their oil uh, by, by making them fear that it's running out. 
so they can charge higher price. Yeah. Okay. Ray, are you familiar with the like? I think Shell had popularized carbon footprint. Like maybe it was around before them, but they had turned that on the public, saying that like uh, the climate change was the the public's responsibility and not the oil companies. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, that that's a general principle that the companies aren't responsible for anything. They're just serving the public. I just thought that was hilarious that like carbon footprint was popularized by an oil company. <laughs> like that, that, I mean, it just doesn't get uh, more ironic than that. Okay. Thank you for that, Ray. Um, okay. Where am I here? Uh, Ray's mentioned considering artistic movements according to their energy and context. Is there a particular movement in painting or literature that he considers spe- especially positive? Um, well, it's the alertness factor uh, when it's used uh, to point out uh, truths uh, that uh, can only be uh, uh, perceived easily that way. Uh, I think that's the real value of, of painting uh, that... Uh, it shows up occasionally in very different styles, but you can tell that the person was experiencing reality in a very complex and constructive way, and the viewer gained something from seeing that uh, complexity that someone else perceives and represented. It's uh, uh, like a, a, a subtle historian uh, noticing uh, things and writing about them uh, and uh, uh, allowing a new perspective on uh, what's going on in the world. Thank you for that. Okay, next question. Uh, does ran- does randomness have a place in our universe, or is everything just interdependent and can be explained? Uh, uh, the special place in our universe is that uh, a doctrine of everything being random has been used to control whatever it is you want to control. The... the, the uh, the science doctrine uh, wants to say that uh, all change is random. Uh, otherwise, that would mean that something in nature itself is intelligent. And that idea of an anti-authoritarian respect for the intelligence of the way nature operates, uh, they have to find some way to uh, get people not to uh, trust the intelligence uh, of life uh, and of, of physics and so on. Uh, and so they uh, argue that uh, uh, randomness is uh, uh, the basis of everything in the universe, uh, that mutations are only random, uh, that nuclear decay is only random, uh, and uh, so, uh, for hundreds of years, people have been uh, showing non-random uh, evidence, uh, and uh, that has sorted 
science and culture into the uh, mechanistic uh, based on the doctrine of randomness uh, versus the holistic, uh, uh, more or less trusting in the intelligence of, of how things are working. Amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, next question here. And what, Ray, we'll let you go pretty soon. I, th- I think we only have a few more questions here. Um, okay, what does Ray think of Reich's Cloudbuster? I think he was obsessed uh, with the misconception. <laughs> uh, completely unrelated question, but like he writes so badly about communism. What What is he experiencing that maybe that you would disagree with? Or did he have something... Do you know what I'm talking about? Like he he writes so like vitriolic about it. Uh, it was his uh, early experience with, with the uh, Nazis specializing in killing communists and socialists, uh, and uh, wanting to uh, get rid of him uh, along with the. Uh, uh, he he was activating a uh, the sex pol sexual politics. Uh, uh, movement, uh, freedom, sexual freedom uh, uh, associated with political freedom. Uh, and uh, uh, that was, to the Nazis, that was uh, considered just a variation on communism. Uh, and uh, when I think the stress of, of being exiled uh, and pursued and almost murdered by the Nazis uh, affected his uh, uh, judgment. Uh, uh, at w- one point, uh, uh, when he was in prison, uh, uh, when he heard an airplane uh, going overhead, he, he said that uh, that is uh, President Eisenhower uh, uh, keeping watch on me. Oh, wow. uh, 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 def- definitely uh, uh, unrealistic. Uh, judgment, judgment of what was happening in the world. So just, if I heard you right, he was equating the Nazis with communi- communism? Uh, no, that uh, the the Nazis were equating his sexual political movement uh, with communism because ah. uh, uh, they were uh, 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 killing pretty indiscriminately uh, anyone with dissenting political ideas. So he didn't like being associated with the communists, is that, and that, and that's why he writes negatively about it. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he was put under stress by, by uh, the attack on uh, sexual politics uh, and uh, being lumped in with socialists uh, and communists for uh, annihilation. <coughs> and his descent, maybe into the surreal, is like understandable given what a target he was or something like, that. like it sounded like he had a pretty rough life uh, uh, yeah uh, the, the uh, his interactions with Freud uh, exposed uh, Freud as as the uh, cultural fraud that he was uh, that he wasn't really wanting to change anything but, uh, to take advantage of, of the way oppression works do you think Freud's the whole theory of psychoanal- uh, psychoanalysis is just a a very elaborate way of conce- of concealing what the real source of mental health problems in the population were at the time? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, Reich uh, goes into that in detail, uh, that uh, uh, Freud chose to be on the side of, of the uh, superego uh, 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 against the uh, revolutionary uh, truth uh, of the uh, organismic perceptions. And it's also like the, the key to dissolving your problems is always in the hands of some this person with esoteric knowledge. And only this person can open the door to your psyche. You can never help yourself, right? You're basically entirely dependent on that person with master knowledge. Yeah, yeah basically authoritarianism. Uh, and uh, Reich was essentially anti-authoritarian. Uh, and uh, uh, he... he really had an accurate uh, understanding of at first he respected Freud but then realized he was uh, fraudulent in uh, choosing uh, authoritarianism rather than liberation. Does Freud have uh, or did Freud have like deep state connections? Do you think he's working for people? Uh, Not directly. I I think uh, he uh, saw for his uh, income uh, was coming from, uh, and uh, it was the the middle class, and and uh, uh, not not shaking things up too much. I mean, some of the stuff that, that CA psychologists developed um, as part of Project MK Ultra and um, how to break the 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 terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. It sounds like it was heavily based on, on a lot of these these Freud ideas. I mean, they were uh, deliberately making people stay naked, shaming them all the time, right? All of these things have a heavy, very heavy Freudian underpinning it when I read about what they did to these people. Uh, uh, yeah, and it seems to be especially uh, directed to the highly moralistic uh, Islamic culture. Uh, they, they are already... Uh, an example of uh, uh, Reich's uh, uh, armored personality. Uh, 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 the uh, 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 sexual uh, uh, oppression was, uh, was central to their idea of mor- morality. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for that, Ray. Okay, we'll get through a few more of these. Uh, Ray has almost sounded like he was he was against monogamy and pro-polygamy from previous comments. What does Ray think of gender relations today? What does he view as the problem? What does he view as a healthy gender relations and solution? Uh, uh, being in a healthy economic uh, social environment uh, is the uh, first step. Uh, the uh, marriage uh, has evolved uh, from uh, a matter of uh, property rights uh, of men over women and children. Uh, and uh, as those uh, literal uh, uh, ownership uh, uh, properties were questioned, then uh, the the new problems have developed. So uh, first you have to uh, think about uh, what the society and the economics is doing. Are you really wanting an equal partnership 
uh, or uh, is there still uh, some kind of a, a financial interest involved? Uh, rich people marry rich people and middle class people marry middle class people and they they don't like to talk about the property values of marriage, but that's still the main driving force behind the the gender interactions. This is a related question. Uh, How does disappearing women as a protected class, bathrooms, sports, prisons, crime statistics, and surgeries on minors serve particular interests? How does what? Uh, how do those things, how does the disappearing woman as a protected class uh, and surgeries on mm-hmm. minors, like who does that, what agenda is that? Who is, who is driving that agenda, do you think? Uh, I, I, the, um, the same forces that create a doctrine of, of randomness, uh, that uh, the, the holistic understanding, uh, uh, the natural animal uh, understanding of, of gender uh, and uh, interactions and uh, who, who we are uh, that uh, can can be displaced and uh, social uh, rules can be imposed to the extent that you uh, deny the reality of biology. Uh, uh, the denying reality of biology fits right in with uh, all of the other authoritarian uh, randomness-based uh, thing. If you can choose your gender, uh, it's the same thing as uh, uh, having uh, uh, the, the random uh, de- determination of, of all of your properties. It isn't growing out of your interior nature. I know you're not necessarily interested in like dissecting every weird, sick thing the, the ruling class do, but do you, do you think that kind of blurring of the lines of gender and stuff is preparing pe- people for their transhumanist agenda? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically uh, digitalizing uh, society so that uh, you can be assigned a, a code number uh, or a gender role, uh, and uh, that supersedes your actual needs and desires. I think some of the some of the the rise of transgenderism that we're seeing is basically a desperate attempt by the ruling class to conceal the radically declining quality of life of of all of both genders. Um, I mean, the rates of homosexuality, transgenderism, cross-dressing, whatever you want to call it, have been steadily rising since the 60s. And a lot of, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, extreme stress in the environment, poor diet, all of these sort of allergic estrogenic drugs, etc. So now that the public is becoming aware of these rapidly rising rates, the elite is throwing a diversion by saying, oh, this is all completely normal, instead of having to explain how come suddenly we have these drastically increasing rates of what used to be pathology? Yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, just one more last, last thing on this. When you're, if you're consuming any of their material what, with what they want to do, and given your understanding of physiology, 
Is it just like ludicrous, like merging man and machine? Like that just uh, doesn't sound like it would work just uh, on 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 its face, you know? Uh, uh, no, all of this talk about uh, finding biological compatible materials and so on—it's uh, uh, all all phoniness. Uh, essentially, everything that's the latest uh, news in in biology and medicine. It's essentially fraudulent. Wait, but just- and Ray Kurzweil, who used to be the patron saint of transhumanism, is nowhere to be found. <laughs> he refuses to be interviewed. Uh, who is that? Uh, there's this guy called Ray Kurzweil. Um, oh, oh, yeah. He used to be like a MIT professor or something. Um, he was very active and published a few books back in maybe maybe 10 years ago. And then I haven't heard anything from him over the last five years and I think several of the large public, uh, the mainstream media, try to interview him, and he refused. Uh, they suspect he's uh, uh, of particularly poor health due to his heavy experimentation with uh, some of the things that he was pushing and saying they're going to lead to transhumanism. It looks like he damaged his spinal cord or something like that. It, it's not completely clear, but he used to be the patron saint of transhumanists, and now he doesn't want to be bothered by any of that. Mm-hmm. There was a kind of funny uh, like uh, image on uh, Instagram, and it was like, uh, I know I'm a little bit early, but I'm also an anti-microchipper, <laughs> like an anti-vaxxer, but uh, yeah, okay. Okay, um, okay. a few more here. Uh, does Ray believe in the renewal of life through a purgatory function of nature? Ray talks about or, uh, orientating life towards regeneration of self-ordering systems, but what does he think of sacrifices of those systems for the attainment of new fertile cycles of life? Uh, it would depend on uh, just what you mean, uh, what you want to sacrifice. Oh. Uh, I, I think that question is, is reminiscent to a one that you you got asked a few episodes ago. Is there anything worth dying for, uh, any idea worth dying for? And I think you said, no, whose ideas w- would I be dying for? And I think that, I mean, at least that's the way I'm reading the question. Is it worth ever to sacrifice oneself in the name of a, a new improved system. But um, I'll, I mean, I'll let you answer that. To me, the answer is no, because you, you, you never know for sure who is pushing that agenda. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the principle of fertilizing uh, through, through death uh, has its uh, function, but uh, uh, the idea of sacrificing uh, something existing for for something that uh, might develop uh, it's uh, 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 often the priests are calling on you to sacrifice uh, for, for something that benefits them I don't know if this is even in the same territory but like estrogen rising and tearing down a structure is that a type of I'm using air quotes here of sacrifice for a, the renewal of a tissue or is that too too orderly, or, or, or then that couldn't be considered a sacrifice? Uh, it, it's a, a built-in process. Uh, growth is always uh, re- renewing and reconstructing according to present uh, needs. Amazing. Okay, let's see. I have a few more here, but I'm going to let you go. Um, okay, how about we end on... Uh, let me just pick one here. We <laughs> done this one. Can you ask him for further uh, information about stars being conscious? Uh, 
Uh, no, I, I, I don't know any source of information on that. Well, maybe electric. Do you think some of the uh, some of the uh, orderly signals that there have been uh, public publicizing about lately in the news, um, these signals that that exhibit patterns um, that are reminiscent of intelligence, and they're getting them from several of these stars that are light years away and whatnot. Do you think some of that may be like a, like an indication of a orderly structured intelligent activity in those regions well, of space? Uh, yeah, everything is orderly, uh, 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 so, so complex ordering uh, exists everywhere. Uh, it's just a matter of whether we perceive and accept it or not. Uh, but I don't think it implies uh, what we think of as consciousness. Maybe we talked a long time ago about the whole uh, cosmos being like a gigantic organism or something like that. Maybe that's where this question is stemming from. Maybe maybe you said that a long time ago? Uh, yeah, I think so. The uh, uh, Teilhard de Chardin uh, idea of a, a noosphere, uh, that the whole thing is a calculating system. Okay, let's do, just have to ban all these people. Uh, we got like raided in the chat tonight. Okay, uh, last thing. Okay, the newsletter is available by email now. It's $30 for 12 issues over three years. You can order it from newsletter at gmail.com. You can order Ray's books from PMS to menopause, progesterone and orthomolecular medicine, generative energy, my favorite, and mind tissue and nutrition for women. If you email uh, Ray Pete's newsletter, uh, <laughs> Ray Pete's newsletter at gmail.com. And then you can purchase progesterone by emailing Catherine at Kenogen at gmail.com. And each bottle contains 3,400 milligrams of progesterone. And final last question, Ray, what are you working on right now? Uh, uh, the uh, uh, new perspective on uh, uh, the, the ideology of cancer, uh, put, putting it in the same context exactly as uh, COVID and infectious diseases and the aging process uh, and uh, getting away from uh, the uh, helpless uh, theory based on the mutagen origin of, of cancer. It's a disease that causes a mutation rather than mutation causing the disease. Amazing. Ray, stay on the line. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate you guys hanging out. Georgie Dinkov, thank you so much. Uh, uh, <laughs> I won't even say any more final words here. We'll just get off. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Have a safe weekend. Ray, stay on the line. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys again soon. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Bye.